May I speak to the glory of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The last Sunday before Advent, Christ the King in the modern lectionary, Stir Up Sunday, as it's known in the past from the collect in the prayer book. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people. Got the Christmas pudding sorted for stirring up today? Yeah, I see a few nods, good. A friend of mine commented earlier that they're doing that this afternoon. Jesus Christ as King. And across the three years of the Sunday lectionary, three different aspects of Jesus' kingship. Are you a king? asks Pilate in another year. And here we have Jesus on the cross. Not quite the place you would expect to find a king. Well, not unless you're planning some kind of coup or something, in which case you just hope to be able to put the king there. Mind you, if we go back to Jesus' birth, it seems somewhat apt. The king of the Jews, but born in a stable, sent into exile as a refugee to save his life. Not the star you would expect for a king. And the people of Israel had been waiting for a Messiah, a king from David's line for generations, as we remember. And in fact, we are reminded of this in today's first reading from the prophet Jeremiah. A king, a great king, the best king, to paraphrase someone or other we'd probably quite often like to forget now. That's what people were waiting for though. It's almost like when there's a football player or rugby player, I, should, I can say football player in Wales at the moment, can't I, with the World Cup coming up and we're there for the first time in generations. You know what it's like, there's a young player they're the best player in the whole wide world, the press proclaims. Everyone is really excited. We're gonna, we can't wait to see what they achieve. Because they're going to be wonderful. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon. Everyone builds them up. This is going to be fantastic. It's the new Pele, but they're Welsh. Or English, depending where you happen to live. And then it doesn't quite work out like that, does it? The press turns on them. The people turn on them. They're useless, everyone cries. They should never be allowed to kick a ball or pick up a strange-shaped ball and run with it, depending on your sport. This is where we seem to be in the Gospel reading. Only a few days earlier, Jesus had ridden triumphantly into Jerusalem. Hosanna to the King of David, they were crying out. Then he was arrested and people turned. Even Simon Peter, denying several times, knowing that he even knew Jesus. I tell you, I do not know the man, he said. Recently I've been reading the novel Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. I started it when I was living in Guernsey, with him being one of the most famous former residents of that place. When he wrote the book, in fact, it was written in Guernsey. For some reason, I never got around to seeing the musical. I'm probably strange in that way. Which means I'm discovering the whole story from scratch. I've discovered there's a mare in there at one point. 
He'd done so much good in his town, in his community, he'd been loved by all. But then he's arrested when it's discovered he was a criminal in the past. Arrested and then everyone says, I knew there was something dodgy about him. How much opinions change so suddenly. People almost looking for an excuse to say someone was too good to be true. Waiting for an opportunity to knock them down. And we see it here in the Gospel. Even a thief next to Jesus is mocking him. If this was an earthly king, if this was an earthly kingdom, it has failed, failed miserably. Now, in fact, that's an understatement, I suspect. How must everyone who had believed in Jesus have felt confused, upset, deceived, embarrassed, relieved they were off the hook from following him, that somehow they could go back to their normal life again, much as people would no doubt mock them for following this character who'd been killed as a common criminal, a fraud, a deceiver. Because that's how it must have looked. Failure, humiliation, facing the death reserved for the lowest of the low. With an almost mocking sign, this is the king of the Jews. It all seemed lost. And in an earthly sense, from the sense of earthly ambitions, yes, even though that was not the sort of kingdom Jesus had ever been teaching about. And this is a lesson to the world, and sometimes the church, something which we all need to hear, need to remember, because it is not all about worldly success no matter what people might say sometimes. Because the desolation of apparent defeat and humiliation on Good Friday moves on into the tomb. And it is only when we have moved through the tomb that the really incredible thing happens that we realise there is something else, something bigger, something better than we could ever have imagined here on earth. If we keep clinging on to that idea of worldly success, acceptance, power, we lose sight of what is really important. And in fact, it is only when everything else is stripped away that we can start to appreciate it. The thief on the cross seemed to get to that stage, crying out, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was at that moment that the thief seemed to understand something of Jesus something of God, that his own abilities, his own reputation,
his own ability to steal or whatever, was not going to do anything, could not save him. And only God could do that. And in response, he gets a most incredible promise from Jesus. I tell you, this day you will be with me in paradise. May we too let go of all those worldly things that take hold of our attention, our focus, our willpower, and instead come to Jesus afresh. The Jesus who went through an apparent defeat in order to bring salvation and redemption for us all, all of humanity, messed up, screwed up as it is. As the worship song goes, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it, when it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. That's at the heart of it, stripping everything else away and coming to Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, who loves us so much that he went to the cross. May this worship song be our song, letting go of all that keeps us from Jesus, having our hearts stirred up afresh. <laughs>